hail our fair Riverdale. Register. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. My name is John, and it's like a real episode of the Riverdale Register, because there was a real episode of Riverdale. Honestly, I can't even tell you how thrilled I was to watch this episode of Riverdale. I've never been so grateful to have an episode of Riverdale to watch. I've never been more happy to watch an episode of Riverdale. I I was truly like, this is so, it made me so happy this morning to get on the exercise bike and to watch a new episode of television and have it be Riverdale and like know that it was a musical episode and I was really upset. It I, helps not, that I said upset, but I meant happy. <laughs> it helps that it's also like, a super good episode of Riverdale. It's so good. And like, oh. I just left, walked away being like, God, I love TV. Yes. I want TV to exist forever and I've, ever. I want to make TV. Oh my God. I want TV to be able to happen. It's the best. Uh, hey, should we do some, um, I know it's been a while, but like, should we do some reviews? Can you open iTunes? Yeah. Ready? Should we go? Caitlin is psychic. Five stars. (laughs) Riverdale is life. I love this podcast. I need to take a minute to applaud Caitlin for her psychic ability. Ever since Caitlin said that Mary had a secret girlfriend, I'd always laughed it off. But then came tonight's episode and Caitlin's random head cannon came through. (laughs) I mean, look, I'm, I can't help it. All I do is create the couples on this show. If there are two women who I think should be together, they're going to be together. That's it. I, I don't help it. I can't help it. I just I'm, the, wish, I'm magic. I just wish you told me that you were writing on the show. I feel like... I mean, it would be a little awkward, because then I would know it was going to happen, and then I would have to pretend to you, you know, whole thing. Right. So... But you, you do seem to know what's going to happen. Weird. So weird. So weird right. how that works. You got a five-star <laughs> review from MLP4. This says, love you guys. And says, this is my favorite podcast. I listen and re-listen whenever I'm at work and even watch MTV screens so I could listen to their other podcast. Truly perfect. Almost. My only complaint, stop the chick slander. He's so much fun and my favorite kind of character, and I hope he's on every episode forever. Give him a chance. What's not to love? He's totally unhinged. It's the most fun thing to watch on this show. Anyway, this podcast is fantastic. The good thing is, I don't think we really have to deal with Chick Slander, because where is Chick? I feel baited, first of all. Yeah, you were baited. Someone wants to to start a fight with me. Honestly, you just gotta let it roll, okay? Unless. One day. Here's here's an alternate thing. Is Slander Chick's last name? So she's saying, or they're saying, stop Chick Slander. Chick Slander, like like uh, the Harry Potter character, right? Scamander. That's right. what it reminds me of. Mister Slander. I hate him. Should we read the next one? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, um, Chick Slander. Um, I think we did read this one. I don't know why. Okay, hilarious recap from Shopia Barnard alum. I love this recap for keeping it real. The show can be so funny and ridiculous. You guys do a great job of bringing that out. I'm a Barnard alum. Thank you for all for shouting out the school on your show. And I'm so pumped that Ronnie is going there. I think Riverdale's portrayal of the Barnard-Columbia relationship has been accurate so far. They're very intertwined, especially for Barnard students. So no complaints there. 
I also love that you call out Brett possibly being in love with Jughead or at the very least thinking they're BFFs. Now that this is likely, but the tension there is undeniable and I'm definitely team Brett. Hashtag Brett can do no wrong. Bring, put Brett as a regular in the show. I, want, I would love that. Imagine actually. if there's a time jump and Veronica rolls into town start of next season and she's dating Brett. And they both... That's <laughs> all I want. That would be I incredible. think honestly... Has Brett ever cheated on her with her best friend? No. Honestly, hard so, to say if Brett's ever cheated on anyone. Yeah. He's Brett's a he's a he's poor he's, he's a poor lonely boy. He's never been in a relationship. Yeah, he's a rich lonely boy, but yeah. Oh. No, emotionally yeah. poor. Emotionally poor. Okay, you go, John. All right, Mamapony twenty five gives a five star title to my all time favorite podcast. Hey guys, I love this podcast so, so, so much. I think I found the podcast in either season two or three, but I'm so happy I did. I love when you talk about LeBeau Nut and Brett and Jug being best friends. All of my friends have stopped watching Riverdale, so I'm happy I can listen to other people talk about the show. Thank you guys for making this podcast and helping me get through this roller coaster of a TV show. That's nice. Very few of our friends watch Riverdale, I think. Not not very our friends? few, but... I don't know. Yeah, a lot of our friends watch Riverdale. Like, we have Steven guess, yeah, and, and Beth and Jacob. And, like, all these people we've had on true. in the bunker. That's true. I guess we do have, like, a big chunk of people who do watch it. How about this? My parents don't watch it. So, <laughs> so they don't listen to this podcast. I'm a little sad. <laughs> oh, none of my friends from back east listen to this. My sister texted me two years into our podcast, like literally two years into our podcast, and said, you have a Riverdale podcast? Am I funny, entertaining, and wild? That one? I got a short one, but your devoted listener. Great podcast, by the way. Theodore Wiesel from the Locked Door episode is supposed to be Dr. Seuss. That's interesting. I didn't know his real name. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to guess that. That's cool. That is cool. That was very informative. Thanks. It was very informative. All right. Let's get real. We got a two-star review from Luma Luna. It's fine. It's just a pandemic. I don't need one more thing. So just a question. Do you guys enjoy the show? I've listened to the podcast since I like the show, and I wanted to learn more and find people who like the show, too. They mock the show so much, me make me feel stupid for liking it. It's not fun to listen anymore. I'm going to look for another podcast that still likes the show. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> Nothing matters. These reviews mean a lot less to me now that we're in a global pandemic. Um, but but I, you know, that's okay. <laughs> it's a new Caitlin, everybody. <laughs> I do want to say though, like not to defend us, but I really don't think that we mock the show or do so in a mean way. I or at least I'm, you know, obviously this person thought feels like we're mocking the show or being not nice to the show. I like to think of it as sort of a loving affection um, that as opposed to like a cruel mocking. Cause I've, I really don't like to be mean. Um, and I know that everybody who works on the show works really hard. And I also know that like a lot of plot lines and stuff aren't as in control as uh, of the writers and, you know, whatever as, whatever. So I hope that we don't ever come across as mean spirited. Sometimes we're going to laugh at things and sometimes we're going to say things about this show that we don't like. And sometimes, you know, we're going to say this wasn't a great episode, but I do want to say that, like, I hope that it never comes across as a, a cruel thing that we're doing or something. Cause that's not fun. So, you know, 
at That's the, all. At the core <laughs> of hashtag John's annual meltdown in return is is a is a deep love for this show. Yeah, and when it, I mean, when it's firing on all cylinders, I, I, there's like it's the first thing I walk want to recommend to anyone on television, and it's something that I just, I like, I'm never, I'm never, I'm never, I don't think I'm mocking it ever. I think I want to have like a critical conversation of of what it does right and 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 support it when it does those things. So I get upset yeah, when, I, also- when I when those things aren't there. And also, I mean, you know, we don't get paid for this, so uh, we have no reason to continue to do it except for the love of it. So <laughs> it's a silly show. It named a character Papa Poutine. How am I not supposed to have fun with that? Right, exactly. I mean, if we took this super seriously, I think this would be a very different podcast. Like, you know, those um, writers are kind of making fun of their own show in that room. Of course. All writers I mean, you make don't fun have... of the show they're working on in their room. You don't have a character who behaves the way Cheryl Blossom does if you want if you want her to be taken like super seriously. Right. So so that's my two cents, but but we have one more, right? Yes. Two more. Oh, so last one. Did I read this? You read yeah, this. you no. I read this. Great podcast by J Mayo six eight six. I got into Riverdale last May and have been obsessed with it ever since one day I was looking for podcasts and I searched Riverdale and I'm so happy. I so glad I stumbled upon your podcast. You two are so funny together and I love your opinions about the show. This is my favorite podcast. I listen to keep it, keep it up. Oh, so thank thanks you. guys. Appreciate that. That's super nice. Yeah. Thanks. So anyway, you, um, tell me about the title to this episode. <sighs> this episode is called wicked little town which is the name of the song from Hedwig the Musical. Um, have you which seen is, this musical? I have not. I actually, I haven't. I haven't even watched the movie. Um, I've heard it's great. And now that I've seen this episode, I really want to watch it because it seems great. Um, it, uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like they don't actually really talk about what this musical is about. They, so, they do this every year, though, with their musical episodes. They yeah. really don't want to interact with the text of the musical as much as the emotion behind it and just you recontextualize the songs in their own story. Yeah. Um, so the original play is about uh, Hedwig, who is like a rock star, um, and she is kind of, it kind of tells like her life story through this musical. Um, and it kind of explores like, gender identity and sexuality um i think she's a gender queer character as opposed to like a trans woman the angry inch is um hedwig goes under a um a sex change operation i'm actually not sure if that's what we call it anymore like sex organ change operation and the inch is like the i think something goes wrong with the operation and that's uh that is the inches like this piece of scar tissue or something or between their legs. So not great, uh, not great medical situation, I guess, but yeah, (laughs) now I'm just rambling. I have not seen this musical, so I'm trying to put it together as best as I can. I'm sure the people who love this musical are like, what is she talking about? Um, but, but yeah. So they don't really explore the text of the musical at all in this. No. 
that's not even the context of this one isn't even a musical. It's a variety show. I think that's very much on purpose. I think they really, because they, they wanted to use the music, they must have liked the musical, but they didn't want to use the plot like they wanted to with Heathers or um, Carrie. Uh, so instead, they're just making a variety show and just using the songs. So this, how are you doing this with the notes, I realized? How did you break this up? I didn't. Oh my gosh, wow. Of course not. This is also a straight-through kind of plot. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking that I wouldn't even know where to begin because I feel like so much of this is just the musical numbers. Here's here's where to begin. This episode is written by Tessa Lee Williams. She is my favorite writer on Riverdale. She did all the musical episodes and In Treatment, the one with Gina Torres. She's great. She is really great. Fantastic. I found out that Beth that Beth worked with a friend of hers, and now I'm like, I'm so close. I can meet this girl. So close. I mean, you could probably just tweet at her. Probably. I mean, not saying that she's so available, but, like, she probably would be really flattered by that. I guess. I imagine. I want to meet her in person. (laughs) Someday, when you can meet people in person. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, wow. Wishful thinking. I hate this so much. This episode yeah. was directed by Antonia Negrette. This is their first episode. Oh, Antonio, sorry, Antonio Negrette. This is his first episode of Riverdale. Uh, but he's clearly very popular because he's done episodes of uh, Hawaii Five O, uh, Prodigal Son, Magnum PI, Arrow, The Hundred, Supergirl, Sabrina, Once Upon a Time. He. Gets around, man. He's done a lot of TV stuff since 2015, so he's kind of new also. That's really good, though. I mean, that's, like, consistent work for someone who just kind of started directing. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, let's, yeah, I mean, we could get into the whole career, but, yeah, his TV work starts in 2015, and he's been doing that consistently ever since. So. so I just looked up really quick. I just looked up the new episode of Riverdale, and it seems that we're getting two more episodes, I think, one on the 29th and one on the 6th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it looks like it will be two weeks. Yeah. And then who knows uh, Who knows when the ending of the episode will be. That, that'll be it. They probably only had three episodes in the can. Yeah. NCIS well, hopefully... only had like two or three episodes in the can. Hopefully uh, by the end of this, these episodes, that there is some sort of a an episode they can use as the season finale. Come on, if Caitlin. they want to, you know there is. I know. What are you? I talking know. About? But, uh, this ep- this episode could have been a good season finale. I thought this episode could have been a to. great season premiere. Mm, that's it true. Been yeah, a fucking phenomenal season premiere. I have a lot of questions about the ending, but should we just so, get into it? So, yeah, it opens with Jughead saying things are back to normal. He says the title of the episode, and then he finds a new videotape on his front steps. And they start singing Wicked Little Town. Archie gets one. I love one, the song. Veronica gets one. The Blossoms get one. If I had gotten one at this point, I would have been like, oh, cool, four more hours on my front step. No thanks, and not watched <laughs> it. But these guys are still watching it. JB is even in, Jellybean's even in this episode. Hermione. Did they watch the whole thing? Hermione pours herself some wine before she watches hers. Everyone who's at Pops watches a video of Pops. I do say I really like the direction, though, of, like, the men all turning and looking at the window as they sing. I 
I don't get the videotape thing, like why it scares them so much, because until the end of this episode, which is really creepy, I don't really understand why anyone thinks this is a big deal. Well, like it's it's unsettling more than anything that like it's sent to their house. But that's what I'm talking about. By the by the time I would have gotten the third tape, I'd be like, I get it. You're creeping me out. I'm not going to respond. I'm not going to watch this. And I wouldn't have. Escalate or get off the pot. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I would say. Hey, remember that time Cole said he wouldn't sing? He's a good singer. I I think his voice is good. He's a good singer. He is a good singer. I think that it was more of a, I don't want to sing than I can't sing and you don't want to hear me sing. It's just very funny that his, his, his arc is almost won't sing in the first one. Eventually sings in the second one. Sings all through the third one. And of course, next year, it's only him singing. Yeah, is there like a, a single man musical? Because that's what they'll do. <laughs> the one Actually, man, they're just going to do Chughead puts on a one man show, and the entire episode is just that one man show. He does Wicked, but just himself. It's like it's, a slam it's poetry him. thing. It's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a piece of uh, performance art. I mean... If there's one thing that I believe, it's that Cole Sprouse likes performance art. So <laughs> all due respect. I also like performance art. So not it's not an insult. Uh, but just saying. Veronica catches her dad enjoying some morning coffee and she's like, shouldn't you be going to the doctor? And he's like, I'll be going right after my coffee. I thought this was funny because it's like, I mean, obviously he's not going after his coffee, but like he also could have been going after his coffee. Like it's kind of a weird scene to like put in here. Instead of her, him being out the door. And, like, why wasn't the scene Hiram at the door? And she's like, good luck on your appointment. And he's like, thanks. And then, <laughs> and then, he then just cut to the gym. gym. Yeah. yeah. Instead of being like, Jesus, let me live. I'm uh, clearly drinking my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mija, it's six in the morning. Go to school. <laughs> the doctor isn't Focus open yet. Focus on your own damn life. The doctor's uh, not open. He goes to the El Royale, and he has trouble benching, and I did the math here, 295 pounds. Maybe that's why he has trouble benching. And my first fear is, no, not his muscles. Not his muscles. I mean, my favorite thing is about how they consistently talk about how Hiram is struggling, but then you'll see, like, Mark Consuelo's, like, Instagrams where he is, like, you you would not, I mean, I get it. Like for the context of the show, but I'm like, mm. Caitlin, you did not Hiram need to get back Mark to the Consuelos. Gym. Mark Consuelos and Hiram are pretty Mark similar. Mark Consuelos does the works so that the spirit of Hiram Lodge can inhabit his body for some short periods of a time. That's a terrifying premise. Uh, <laughs> That's what acting is. You want to know something funny, but also kind of sad? Uh, uh, is it Archie calling out a grown man for a medical condition in a public place? <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Kind of. I was actually just going to say, in quarantine, Kelly Ripa, who is Marcus Willis's wife, was apparently not talking to, like, two out of three of their children. Um, like, even though they all were quarantining together. And I was like, how does that work? She would be the kind know. to give the silent treatment for, like, a long time. <laughs> a long extended time. Anyway, I thought that was weird. <laughs> Yeah, Archie's Archie's like, oh no, Mr. Lodge, is it your horrible muscular condition? And he like looks around the, the gym, he's like, Jesus Christ, what are you talking about, Archie? He's like, nothing. Remember how you tried to kill me? 
don't tell my daughter about this about my failure to lift two to just press 295 pounds i can't have her knowing this what's like a normal weight for someone to bench i know that's like a weird thing to say but like like is that that's significant right like that's a lot of weight like the best i ever did oh my god sorry i just opened up my app that's like you haven't been to the gym since march 11th i'm like oh that's when the (laughs) fuck you Don't tell me that. I know. I'm aware. Like, I was proud of myself for getting to 115 pounds. I don't think 295 is, like, insane. That's, like, lifting a heavy person. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That seems hard. Or, like, two two people, I think, would be, like, 295. Um, Yeah. Do I believe that Mark Consuelos can can bench press 295 pounds? Yeah, I guess. But also, like, those, that's probably all fake on set. Right, like, I fucked I'm around sure. with weights on a set, and they are all fake, and it's very fun to have to perform them as heavy. I went to um, this haunted house once, which, if we are allowed to go to haunted houses again, I'm going to drag you to this one. They won't touch you. Um, yeah, oh, man. Oh, they do touch you. They are allowed. I guess maybe not now. Um, but in one of the scenes, it's like a prison yard where they're lifting weights, and one of the weights is real, um, but the other one is not. So, what happens is they make you ca- they make you pick up try to pick up one weight and you can't, and then they mime it as though the other weight is really heavy, and then they throw it at you. And so then you like it does get scary. Like oh, that it is scary. You. Yeah, it's cool, but like, isn't that a good little trick? Yeah, that's like because one because one is real. Uh, your brain thought this would hurt because the other one was heavy. Exactly. I mean, that's like a very psychologically uh, messed up haunted house. Like they make you put your head on like this thing, this barrier, and then they have like a truck, like a real truck come at you um, and stop just like in time. Man, we we get... We do very different things for fun, you and I. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take you to this haunted house, John. Okay. Uh, Betty lays out a daunting binder of homework for Jughead to do, which I think confirms that they technically never did schoolwork at Stonewall Prep. Right. Why is he so behind? It's like, Jughead, do you have any credits from Stonewall Prep? It's like, oh, no, we actually called them cornerstones there. It was this whole (laughs) system of just going to salons all day long and conversing. That worked in their system. So I have uh, all these cornerstones of knowledge. And they're like, no, no, we need fucking that's, school credits. All right, you got to catch up on all this work. That's not knowledge. Yeah. But, oh, I, but I convinced people I was dead. Yeah, I, that doesn't get you out of anything. In fact, that should get you in legal trouble. Jack is probably like, I wish I was still pretending I was dead. <laughs> Betty, how dare you make me write about Call of the Wild? Did you, so did you, hard. Did you notice that Jughead's hair is like... A little bit too long this episode. I did think that was a little weird. I thought that his look was a little off. Yeah. Maybe it's because he's been living in a bunker for so long. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's been through a lot. Uh, Betty reminds him that if he does all this work, he gets to graduate with her. Uh, Instead, Jughead swings by the secret FBI office in town to help a real FBI agent, Charles, his and Betty's half-brother, do FBI work, official FBI work, looking into these tapes. Now, of all the characters in this show, who was actually a member of the junior FBI? Who was? Oh, Kevin. Betty. 
It was it was Betty and, Betty. Betty and Kevin. But and Kevin. Jughead was not. I don't understand. Like this Charles can't be a real agent. Come on, he's letting teenagers do his work for him. Right. I are we he are we sure he is? Like I guess there's no reason to believe he isn't an there's FBI no agent. No reason to believe he is or is not a real FBI right. agent. But he, like, I mean, they, they say he one? had FBI resources to save Jughead's life. Sure. Whatever guy, that means. This guy, Charles, is so aggressively amenable. Like, he'll do anything for anyone <laughs> if they ask. Oh, you mean hide a body? Yeah. You want to do this work for me? Sure thing. I'm just here to, I, I just want you to like me. Yeah, like, I really hope that this guy is not secretly playing everyone, because if he is, he's really doing a lot of, like, unnecessary work just to get to this goal. But it's also so easy. People just come to him. He's like, yes, you can do that thing you want to do. Great. <laughs> cool. That's all I've ever wanted. Uh, at school, so what happens now? Mr. Honey <laughs> tells Kevin that he can't do his song from Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Because, in his words, it's inappropriate, it's too sexualized, he calls it niche. And Kevin implies that the music of Hedwig speaks to all of Gen Z. I don't personally believe that Gen Z probably knows much about Hedwig and the Angry Inch, but I do like his, <laughs> his explanation of, like, we take crisis after crisis and we're numb. Uh, and we're oh, screaming God, on yes. The inside. And I'm like, yes, millennials also know that feeling. <laughs> I understand. Well, I... Yeah, we're older, and so we have it worse, personally, but... Um, <laughs> Financially, I, yes, but they're, I mean, their outlook on the future is way worse than ours. That's true. Yes, I I can't even imagine, like, trying to graduate high school right now and having it be, like, your college that you want to go to or your job that you were hoping to acquire, right. very up in the air. Mm -hmm. Like, that That's would definitely terrifying. suck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to... I know that we have, like, a lot of young listeners... And I just want to say how sorry I am if you are missing your prom right now or you're missing possibly your graduation right now. I want you to know that, like, I hear you and I'm sad for you and I am not going to share my prom photo to make you feel better like a bunch of people are doing. <laughs> I think that's insane. Yeah, wait, don't that's know kind why of a brag, isn't it? But it's supposed to make people feel better. Like, it's definitely not them being assholes. Like, they're like, oh, so sad about those kids missing prom. I Here's a picture my from my prom. I'm like, okay. Like, was it bad? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, did kids ask for that? Yeah, like, I certainly don't want... I mean, my prom was fun. Like, wasn't the best night of my life. But I'm certainly not going to, like, show off my prom photos. Huh. I'm not a sociopath. Anyway, I do hear you guys. It is really hard right now. I'm really upset for you. Um, yeah. Anyway, Kevin, I thought this was actually a good line, though, from Kevin. Right. Because it's Kevin then hits a boombox and starts singing random number generation <laughs> live. He leaves Honey into the hallway where the entire school body is wearing T-shirts with numbers on them. So, like... I like like I, I I understand it's the musical episode, but part of me is also like imagine going to this school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, Kevin has to go in and defend his musical piece, so we're all wearing shirts with random numbers on them. <laughs> Why? Because the song's called Random Number Generation. Do people say that about Gen Z? No, no, no one's ever said that about us here. Put on this number. <laughs> also, and also, Archie gets also, to be one. The numbers, they are not random. They are the cast <laughs> Wait, really? call numbers. <gasps> Wait, how do you know that? Beth told me. Oh my god. Wait, that's so interesting. 
Wait, so Archie's and like Cheryl's number being red? Definitely not random. Wait, question. What was Cheryl's number? Five. Five. She's number five on the call sheet. That makes sense. It would be the main okay, four. So. Would be the first four. She would be number five. Mm-hmm. That's so good. But what about everyone else? I don't remember. Um, does Kevin have a number? He doesn't, right? I'm no, curious. No, Kevin's though. just wearing normal clothes the whole time. So Archie's one on the call sheet makes sense. Yeah. Jughead would have to be two on the call sheet, I would think. Maybe. Or Betty would be two. Yeah. One of one of those three is two. I don't remember. Like, I know we saw Betty and Veronica, but I actually don't remember what numbers they were. I'm very curious if Betty or Veronica is ahead. I am imagining Betty is number two on the call I think call Betty's sheet. number two, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Jughead's number four. Just because of when really? they show up in the pilot. Huh. Yeah, that's fair. You're probably right. But I, I still think that if you were to, truthfully, if it was like a situation where so-and-so wants to leave the cast, what what member of the cast, if say, if say so-and-so wants to leave the cast, is it like, can we even do this show anymore? You, listen, you want me to say Jughead's number two. No, no, no. no. I'm saying, like, who do you think, who do you think it wouldn't be, it wouldn't end the show, basically? If they left? If they left. Veronica. That's how I feel, too. If Veronica left the show, they could still have Hiram be an antagonist for everyone else, and nothing would really change. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. It could, it would, yeah, it could, uh, wow, that sounds terrible to say, but yes, the show could survive the loss of Veronica. I feel like... Cheryl could just slip into that position and kind of hang out with the main four. I also feel like, honestly, Archie could leave the show, and it could still happen. Like, if, like, they wouldn't want that, but I do think that if Archie left the show, you could still do the show. I think you're wrong. I, I think you could still do it. I think, I think that, that you This would, episode in particular is a great argument for Archie. Uh, oh, I wouldn't want him to leave the show. Like, believe me. But I do think that you could make it work. I, I wouldn't want to watch the show without Archie in. I think that there's a universe of Riverdale where instead of Jason Blossom dying, this whole thing is about the death of Archie and the death of the, uh, the golden boy of America. And I think that's interesting to explore, but that's, anyway, but let's that's talk what about Jason was have. supposed to be. <laughs> I know. I just don't think I ever really bought into that, but that's a whole other thing. Wow. You're going to make fun of yeah. the guy who we know now. Mm. I, I love Trevor. Come on. Yeah, and yet you're, I mean, I hear the words under your words. You're like, Trevor doesn't look like a football star. That is not true. I never said that. I know. I can't believe you would not say that. <laughs> that you had that you would that you would subtweet him, so to speak. I would never. John, tell me what happens on this episode. Well, Mr. Honey tells Kevin that he either changes songs or he's gonna recuse himself from both performing in and hosting the variety show. I just wanna I let really... everyone know now that when we do get the variety show, Kevin is not hosting it. <laughs> I have a really easy solution for Kevin. Um, don't tell him that any of these songs are from Headboys and Musical, <laughs> um, and then you're fine. Yeah. Because none of these songs need to be from Hedwig. Okay, Just so, don't say it. So, like, Mr. Honey is, like, aggressively anti-Hedwig in this episode, and I do find it funny that any man could walk into Riverdale and be like, I can desexualize this town. <laughs> like, you've seen it, right? But, like, we have, like he, we, they never explain why he hates this musical so much, so we have theories Obviously. Yeah. I mean, he his 
he either auditioned for Hedwig and got cut from Hedwig, or what was your theory that his boyfriend I, I, like he was up with dating him? a guy who got cast as Hedwig and became really famous, and their relationship deteriorated and it ended really badly. So he moved to Riverdale <laughs> to get away from all of that, and then this kid comes into his to his uh, talent show, being like, "I'm going to sing Hedwig." No, no, that reminds him of all the bad times. You can't do that. Honestly, Kevin's being really fucking selfish. <laughs> You know how upset he was when Moose left? And then to put Mr. Honey through all of this? No one really thinks about Mr. Up. Honey. No one does. Honestly, also, to be fair to Mr. Honey, like, what if he actually was like, oh, I heard Kevin is doing a song from this musical. He sits down with his boyfriend. They watch Hedwig the musical. Uh, it's going really well. And then he's like, wait, this is deeply inappropriate for high school students. You know, this would be fine in a college level. But, you know, we have a, a bit of, we get state funding. We, we can't do this. I like then, this explanation you know, because it's not like Mr. Honey still has a boyfriend, but he still right. he still cares about all the too much sexuality in high school. I maintain that Mr. Honey is just bad at conveying emotions, but is trying to be a yeah. good administrator. He's like, hold on. No, this is really sexy for high school. I think it's like perfectly fine to be like, it's not like he is saying you can't have, like, a same-sex kiss in the musical if it was, like, Oklahoma. He's, like, saying, like, maybe not this musical. Right. If you're trying to... It's a a variety show, so you're just trying to entertain people, but, like, I don't need... I don't need that. Right. But the the kids argue, like, why are you stopping us from just, like, talking about sex all the time? We love sex. (laughs) No, no, you don't understand. We love it. It's about more than sex. We love it. But we will still make sure there is enough sex that you are uncomfortable, my high school principal. I mean, the Cheryl dancey, dancing number at Pops was like, I mean, did you need to do that in front of your high school principal? Woo-hoo! Like, you did it. You did it. You didn't need to do it in front of your high school principal. I mean, you were baiting fair, him. Most of the presentation on that song is just some of the tightest pants I've, I've ever seen. I, like, literally want to look up, like, where she gets her pants. Like, she's like, they're great pants. Hot pants, if you will. Very hot pants. Uh, Archie Very hot pants. freshly changed out of his number one shirt, signs the Archies up for the variety show. Remember that the end of last episode when Kevin was in the diner with them and it was like, you guys are going to sign up for this talent, for this variety show? This means that canonically Archie did not. Uh, none of them did that night. They're like, yeah, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. Then Archie does this later. No, no, I don't want to do that. No, thank you. And then, uh, and then he comes up with the most original name ever, which I'm happy they call him out. They call him out for this, which is funny. And I know this is obviously the Archies are a real band within the Archie comics universe. And the so real it's not universe. Like this, and the real universe. I mean, that's a whole complicated thing, but. I guess they are a real band, sort of. Yeah. Kind of. Mm-hmm. But they they do a little cute thing where he signs up and then, well, I guess we're not there yet. They also let him off the hook immediately. Yeah, they do. It, you and know Jack what? Is the only it one. works with the joke that Archie's very dim and he, like, he was like, listen, I had two thoughts. I was thinking either the red <laughs> circle or the Archie's. And then I realized I already did the red circle. <laughs> Wait, what is the like, other remember, one? Remember, the he black comes circle? up with the red circle and the dark circle from like finding comic books on the ground. So he really does name things by just like looking around for the first thing he sees. And in this case, he saw himself and was like, the Archies. Let's do it. Perfect. 
Uh, yeah, Archie's, you can't blame him. Archie is then jamming out in his room and he breaks his string. And I suddenly get like weirdly like, oh, did I miss Archie and music? Like, I'm enjoying this more than I used to. When he hops down to the garage and Aww. just remembers Fred. Whose guitar was that? It's Fred's guitar. Was that guitar. his guitar? It's Fred's it's guitar? It's Fred's that. guitar because it has a sticker on it that says the Fred heads. That's <laughs> bad. Nice. So it's even that a family sense. thing. Fred named his band after himself, too. Oh, man. Oh, Fred. Because oh, Archie's destiny is well. to become his own father. I mean, there are so many good things about that. Yeah, it's not right? that bad. No, it's it's a good thing, honestly. <clears throat> uh, Otherwise, he becomes Hiram Lodge. So Kevin tells Fangs. I think he wins. Kevin tells Cucumber Melon that he's going to be singing a song from Oklahoma, to which Cucumber Melon is like, no, go rogue. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love Cucumber Melon. I, one, he looks amazing in eyeliner. Just want to point that out. Yeah, he looks great. And, uh, yeah, he looks really good. And I ship this couple, even though they both joined a cult that one time. I uh, am really into it. They're, they even reference the cult later. Betty. Yeah, it's good. Betty uh, goes over Jughead's paper. And she she's not exactly kind to it. He's a it's kind of like when mistakes. Caitlin reads one of my scripts and like all of the. Are you kidding? All the I sent you is, such nice notes. Just it just hurts me. So think about all the blank spaces where I didn't have any notes. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. I really enjoyed it though. I thought it was fun. Well, Betty did not enjoy Jughead's paper. Yeah, it and was he's like, it's okay. I'll focus. I'll do the work. But nah, he's watching tapes of people's houses. What is he going to glean from the tapes of people's houses like that I he just, can't infer from watching it for like two seconds? I feel like, like we have the technology sense. for Charles to put them into a computer and have an algorithm find the part parts where they're not still images of someone's house. You think that there's like a hidden like Or code? digitize them at all and then you can just tab through the minutes until you see the creepy mask people pop up. <laughs> Like, well, where I have questions about the creep mask people, and we'll that's my favorite part. A lot We're of gonna questions. get there. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm sure. Yeah. It's fun. I hated it, but I loved it. Uh, so Archie Archie tells the gang about the Archies, and Jughead's like, "Why not call it the Me Me Me's?" And Monica's <laughs> like, "Well, I, I like Archie, so I like the band the Archies." She really does not ever criticize him. No. Like. No, like it's she, weird, right? Right. It is it's very weird. She's very supportive of almost nothing. <laughs> yeah. Then, He's sweet though. Then it Archie's happens. sweet. The moment Kevin, just in full Hedwig regalia, takes over the intercom and summons everyone to the music room. He performs the song Tear Me Down. His makeup, his hair, his arms. Free. His arms. His arms. <laughs> I had my to text God. you about his arms. <laughs> I was I was literally on my exercise bike watching, and I was like, I need to work out the way Kevin works out. Like, whatever it is. Give Kevin more sexy moments. Let him take off the shirt. Stop hiding, Kevin. Casey well, I was thinking, hard. he was wearing a long sleeve, button-down plaid shirt, and he looked good, and you could see that his arms were big. Right. But then when he, like, does full head wig, I mean, like, Damn. Yeah, it's, he also it's, looks amazing. He's like trunks. Is is and like I swear they put him in like slightly big shirts and stuff to hide it more. Yeah, and I don't understand why. Like, why is he I the guess, only guy in this town who's not allowed to be ridiculously jacked? 
I guess he's supposed to be kind of like the artsy, thoughtful one. Like he has better things to do than work out. Um, I think it's just, you know, there are other drugs in the water supply and some of them are steroids. (laughs) And honestly, no one's working out. (laughs) They're looking great. They're they're working excellent. It's the fluoride of Riverdale. Look at his dad. Remember his dad? I thought thought you meant like Casey Cott's dad. And I'm like, why are you looking at Casey Cott's dad? Casey Cott's dad? Oh my God, Caitlin, you got. As we all know, Casey Cott is a hot dad. But yeah, no, Sheriff Keller Keller looks great. Uh, There's a part where where Cheryl like blows a kiss to Tony who's drumming. Uh, Kevin, uh, oh, Cooper Mellon looks amazing with 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 the with the eyeshadow on or eyeliner. Amazing. Kevin kisses Archie, and then Honey walks in and, angry but courteously, allows Kevin to finish the song before pulling the plug and kicking him <laughs> off the variety show. And again, imagine attending this school. <laughs> you have to all buy How was school later today, on honey? Oh, and you, remember, you know that kid who does all the musicals? Yeah, he hopped on the intercom today to invite us over to a surprise performance from, I think the musical was called Hedwig? Like the owl? Anyway. <laughs> we should do like Zoom videos of like the other kids in Riverdale just trying to explain to their parents what happened that day in school. Yeah. Like yeah. people who have nothing to do with any of this. Like, what a, what a, what's been happening? We're like, yeah. well, How's the cheerleaders all like, fainted. You know, mom, I can't really complain about junior year when in sophomore year the entire school was set on fire it's hard to really have problems after the riots yeah but yet you can try or the drugs the cheerleader uh the seizure scandal that was dramatic the cheer the cheer seizures cheersers i can't you can't really combine those words wow that really messed me up yeah that was hard that was really hard to do so we go to a sleepover with the girls and kevin betty wants pizza so do i uh, <laughs> There's ex- another restaurant in town. No, no, that's just the name of Pops's Pizza Menu. <laughs> it's like one of those restaurants that have like several restaurants within them, but they're all like the same <laughs> right, restaurant. Right. Pops is the yeah. base restaurant, but he's he he also delivers food under multiple different names. It's like Trader Joe's has like Trader Jose's later, <laughs> like the brands. Like the other brands within Trader Joe's. <laughs> Later on, Veronica brings Archie uh, uh, cupcakes, and she's like, I'm sorry this couldn't be from this other company. And I'm like, little did you know, that's also Pops. <laughs> it's all Pops. Uh, Kevin Pops says diversifies. the variety show helped him reconnect with himself pre-farm. Sure. Um, Betty, Betty then starts singing Wig in a Box. She gives him a nice hug. All I think is, wow, we need more Kevin plots. Yeah. Uh, but it's a it's a makeover song, and all the girls join in. They put a wig on Kevin and turn it around, and he looks fantastic. He's amazing. Like he's he's a very attractive person. Yeah, there's all. I also had the moment during the song. I'm like, oh right, he's straight in real life. Yeah, interesting. Uh, they do a really cool mirror shot where like all the girls hold up mirrors that reflect their faces back to the camera. Uh, yeah, which must have been kind cool. of a pain blocking-wise to to get. Uh, but shooting this must have been the best. They do Farrah Fawcett hair, and everyone wears wigs and jumps on a bed and hits each other with pillows. Oh, so fun. And then Betty offers Super an idea. Fun. Everyone will perform Hedwig in the Angry Inch. 
Cheryl. That's the exact opposite of what's going to help the situation. Right. I did not well, understand. My favorite is Cheryl going, don't worry, I'll talk to Honey and smooth this whole thing over. Because that always works right now. <laughs> the, the opposite. Question, are we ever going to pick up on that other on that cheerleading coach plot, or are we never going to see her again? Oh, my God. Was that just like a one-off, do you think? What I if? think it was just a one-off. It might be. It had to be. So... Uh, Cheryl approaches Honey with the, entire, with the entire cheer squad to threateningly sell him on Hedwig. Pop somehow has the song Sugar Daddy already on his jukebox and plays it. And I, I do have yeah. to say, I am I am attracted to women, and this was very, like, wow, all of these girls. <laughs> all of these girls. Wow, They're these very girls. Tight <laughs> I mean, imagine doing this in front of your high school principal and being like, this will fix the situation. <laughs> At the public diner. <laughs> this can only make this better right. than, and honey's than like, it has been. Honey's like, yeah, the, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Right, right. This is exactly what I did not want. Um, Listen, guys, why are you doing Hedwig, this? I'm going to bar you from senior prom. And she's like, oh, no. Kevin is not going to be happy. And she's like, but I'm definitely going to be prom queen. This, which is weird because she seems very unpopular. I don't really understand how popular or unpopular Cheryl is at any given moment. don't like her, but people who can't talk follow her around. Well, people who can talk decide on every given episode if they like her or not because it, she was invited to the sleepover. She's at the sleepover, but other times she's she like pulls up at a car. It's like, I knew you animals were behind this to the main four. <laughs> right. I don't think that it's a stable friendship with uh, Cheryl. I, I wouldn't want her in my house because I'm no. the Cheryl who goes to bed is not the Cheryl who wakes up the next morning. No, it's like that show away. Here's what I, here's what I think happened. <laughs> I just learned about They it. are cool with Tony. So they wanted to invite Tony over, and Tony's like, can I bring Cheryl? And they're like, oh, can you? Do you yeah, have to? I guess, I guess you can invite Cheryl. Sure. Who's, who's going to complain? I mean, Tony's so lovely. Right. And they need to help her get out of that relationship. So Yes, right. They're also trying to convince her to break up with Cheryl. <laughs> we haven't seen you in months. Leave the house. You haven't been outside in decades, it You're seems. looking pale. Oh, my God. Ugh. <laughs> One day. I, I wanted Choni so badly that it's hard to give it up. It's a real monkey's paw thing, isn't it? It is. It is a real monkey's paw situation. So, I got what I wished for, but did I need what, need what I wished for? I got what I wished for this episode. Was it just sexy Tony? No, being come sexy? on. No, it's Barchi. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, it was Barchi. Honestly, was into it. Thought I wouldn't be, was into it. Because they, they did the work and they earn it. Yes and no, but we'll get there. So Archie gets some text from Veronica while he's keeping it tight. Uh, Hiram got injured, <laughs> even though he said he was getting better. And Archie's like, maybe your dad's a liar. <laughs> maybe. Think about, think about it. <laughs> he tells her about the incident earlier, and she yells at him for doing more. Girl, he tried to murder Archie and his father multiple times. The fact that Archie yes. is like, yes, you can work out at my gym is a miracle. Don't ask for more. I'm not really sure why anyone expects Archie to treat Hiram civilly. I mean, it's kind of... I, if my boyfriend's dad tried to murder... Like, what? Like, 
I, hey, no, I, I don't remember the like, time Ian's no. dad tried to kill you, and you're fine now. Right. We're fine. We made it work. Like, I don't really understand how we're supposed to, like, like, I don't think you could get past that. And I think it's a little weird that she wants him to. Call me like, old-fashioned, but when someone tries to murder me, I'm not quick to forgive them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm certainly not quick to date someone who wants me to get over it. Like, that's a concern, mm-hmm. you know? So. Betty finds Jughead watching tapes in the bunker. They get into a whole thing. She wants him to graduate so they can have a future together. And he's he's kind of not looking at the world the same way, probably because he took a break from it all. You know, Jughead's just getting out of quarantine, right? So, like, <laughs> it's a totally different lifestyle. He's like, future? There hasn't been a future for a while. I... Uh, and so they they get into a whole fight, and uh, both couples sing an angry song called "Exquisite Corpse," and it's fun because instead of it having to write the arguments, they just get to really imply the fights and sing metaphorically and like throw shit around the room. What did you think of uh, of the fights? Like, whose side are you on? Because I, I kept actually chanting took sides. "Break up" over and over break. again throughout <laughs> throughout the fight on both ends. Just going "Break up, break up, break up." So here's the thing. I think that I think that Betty and Jughead really could work out that issue. Um, whether they should stay together, I guess, is up for debate. But both couples try to like both couples do come back around. Like yeah. is clearly in the wrong, and she comes back around on Archie, and then Jughead and Jughead really does try to make things right with Betty. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like I don't know. like like she she's just so tired of all this shit, man. She just wants senior yeah. year. Yeah. And and Jughead's like, but there's more murders, maybe. And she's like, no, which is weird for Betty. I, I feel like Betty's always looking for, you know, a, a thing to do, like the crime to solve. So it is a little weird and out of the character, I think, for her to be so ugh. Are we really doing this again? I'm like, you love this. This is what brings you guys together. I don't, you know, it's a little odd, but I think you know, she's looking to understand. grow up now. And he's think, like, but I think remember they went into senior year intending for none of this shit to happen, right? That's so true. the 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 Stonewall stuff, like she would have happily avoided all of it. She didn't want. Would that. she have though? She I, I mean, I guess. Into that. Yeah, but, she wanted but it seemed like once she was and there, Jughead. yeah, yeah. But once she was there, I think she was having fun. I believe, I believe this emotional arc for her. Remember when Betty wanted to be a writer in like the first episode of the series? No, she went to uh, do an internship in LA, and she like met, um, oh my god, Toni Morrison, and Toni Morrison say was she like, wanted to be a writer. Yeah. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because she proceeded to never write. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's why it was weird. Mr. Honey gets called into the into the uh, hallway, and he's like, so it begins. Uh, and walks out and sees the whole student body dressed as Hedwig. Reggie looks <laughs> incredible. Uh, <laughs> Who made all those wigs? Oh, there's definitely like a, a booming wig store in, in It's next to Pops. It's doing It's another fantastic. Pops. It's wherever it is, but it's doing great. 
they have I, to occasionally. Make I do think this is funny voice. that like I don't know whose idea this was, but it's probably the same kid who suggested they all wear serpent jackets at the end of season two. <laughs> More they're like it worked last time, and then Honey cancels the variety show, and they're like, "God damn it!" His mom owns the costume shop. His mom gets gets money from all this. It's like a self promotion thing. Yes, yes, definitely. So it, it does not work, but it makes a statement. Betty comes over to Archie's for rehearsal. He forgot to text everyone saying it's canceled. I guess it's convenient well, then, that Jughead and Veronica still didn't show up, though. Right. I was gonna say. I was like, well, there's only four people, so. Who did you forget to tag? Well, they did, they did like, have who their did fight, you though. He did, they, did, they did have the fight. I guess so. it makes sense for Veronica not to show up, yeah, but why she would, would you assume? She would bail on that. Right. Jughead would right. come, though. Yeah, he'd be like, what the... Oh, uh, you know what, what, though? Because the fight was like, do your homework. And he's probably like, I better do my fucking homework. Anyway. <laughs> Archie tells Betty student. that he screwed up with Veronica. She tells him she got in a fight with Jughead. My ears perk up. I, he flashes back to season one. It's insane that he looks that young in season one. I was thinking that it, too. I it was has like, oh not been God. that long, and yet they look like actual teenagers. Babies, I know. Uh, Archie's dad made him feel more confident when he performed then. Betty suggests they rehearse anyway, and then they pick the fucking origin of love as their song. <laughs> like, oh, we all know what's happening here. She, she so gives they- him a very cute smile. Uh, Camilla and Cole bring really good energy to their portions, especially Cole, like, goes, like, really angry singing (laughs) as he finally does his book report on Call of the Wild. Does it make you a little bit sad that they kissed, or are you thrilled? Are you kidding? I know you're you're thrilled. It fucking rules. They And the the way they they clip in stuff from the beginning of the show, and that time they kissed in season two where it was implied that something was happening, but then it didn't. Because like like yeah. they retroactively make it work now, it's it's all happening and it works. Like I wanted to see it just to see it, but I didn't expect it to work this well. And it's fucking working, dude. It's fantastic. Okay, so like, in terms of the emotional level of it, like from a storytelling perspective, yes, like totally works. Like, but in terms of like if these were real people and these were like your friends, like Betty's and. Archie okay so here's here's the thing yes it's wrong to cheat on your boyfriend or girlfriend like you know that's bad you heard it here folks. the thing thing, you heard it here first the thing that actually really gets me is that Betty doesn't seem to like look at Veronica and be like wow I betrayed like my best friend no she doesn't think of Veronica once right and I'm like that's shitty the thing that really gets me, though, is that, like, a lot of people on Twitter... So what happened was a website that I won't name published a recap of this episode early by accident. Didn't we already um, talk about this and, in, in the bunker? Didn't you reveal the website? Well, we, we, we talked... Maybe we did. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not going to do it now. If, if, if I did, not a big deal. Um, anyway, the point is these things happen, and I feel bad for the writer because I know that that's, like, a shitty feeling. Um, but... I guess the editor should People like lost their shit, like, like about Betty, like really, really attacking Betty. Lily Reinhardt just posted something Lily on Twitter. I'm sure. Like the thing is, folks, look, if these were real people, be mad at Betty. It's not a very nice thing to do. This is a TV show, and 
most importantly, Wait, if no one's yelling show, at Archie like this. I know that's true. I mean, that's a whole other thing. Like the fact that women are always blamed for like this kind of thing is like really fucked up. But I think the thing that people forget is that the thing that makes Riverdale and any TV show enjoyable and fun experience and something you want to watch is not because all your couples get together and are happy and just live in blissful bliss forever. It's because of like the ups and downs and the peaks and valleys of the drama. I mean, if you, if you just have two couples, super solid, never break up, never like test the boundaries of like their love for each other. You don't really have much of a show. You don't really have a a very interesting thing, you know? And it's been so long. It's been so long since we've seen any sort of ripple that's been real in any of their relationships that to really get angry about this, when you kind of know Betty and Jughead are going to end up together. I mean, like really like they're going to like, I just, I believe that with like my whole heart. Betty and Jughead are going to end up together. I'm not quite as confident about Archie and Veronica, but I wouldn't be surprised. You're wrong. Like uh, Betty and gonna... Brett are clearly endgame. <laughs> right, of course, of course. But it's all just a plot plot for Brett to get uh, closer to his best friend Jughead. Mm-hmm. I think, I just think that we gotta let the show be a show, and we can't let it be like a fan service thing. Otherwise, it's not fun. When you fall in love with a character or even a relationship in the show, that's like, you really, you like these characters. And that's what the writer wants. They want you to like these people. They want you to support them getting together. And I think there's a large, there's a a, um, knee-jerk reaction as a fan of a couple that you've invested so much time in that you don't want to feel like that time is being, has, you want them to poison that time that you spent mm-hmm. with them and you don't want to feel like it was for nothing to have them move on to something else that ends up being bigger than that. And you just, when you like someone or a relationship, you don't want anything bad to happen to it. And I understand that. But the thing about storytelling is that bad things have to happen for there to right, be good exactly. drama. And if you did watch a show where all the characters were nice and they all, got together and dated and were just happy, I don't think that would make great television. Yeah, it wouldn't. It really wouldn't. Um, and so, guys, just let it play out. That's all. You're so confident out. that this is going to end up with her back with Jughead. Positive. You're like, this and it is might fine. Not this, this will all season. blow over. Just like the coronavirus. Just like the coronavirus. <laughs> I, uh, I really do think of that. <laughs> Hold on. That makes... Yep. Uh, Barchi is the coronavirus of Riverdale. <laughs> I think that's how a lot of people feel. I'm gonna it's going to take honest. some lives. You know, it's going to it's going to really mess oh, things up for a while. But we swear this too shall pass. <laughs> Somehow this uh, this Barchi relationship is going to be the reason why. And if it doesn't, Mash, you know, the it... world's going to be different moving forward. Matt, no, not Mashin. Who is it? Uh, Skeet Ulrich and. Um... Mar- uh, Marisol yeah. Nichols. Are it takes the, the lives it's of all FP and of, Hermione. <laughs> it's all. It's all because of that. All because of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that. I think that what's going to happen, and I don't want to be too speculative, is that we're going to get a time jump, maybe earlier than we've, we thought. We've we were been talking about one. a time jump all season. That's nothing to speculate about. Yeah, and I think that in, you know, maybe Barchi is together, and then maybe 
maybe we have to come back to Jughead and uh, Veronica. I mean, Jughead and Betty in five years. What we'll if, see what happens. What if it's like a more significant time jump? What if it's, say, 15 years? And all of a sudden, Archie, <laughs> is, Archie is a lawyer with a fiance. He's going to move to the city. But tomorrow is his, is his high school reunion with everyone. Jughead's a psychiatrist who can't, who's also oh deeply neurotic. And he has a son named Jordan. Yeah, he's an awful son yeah. named Jordan. Just so you know, guys, we watched To Riverdale and Back Again in an episode that you will hear in the future. Yeah. And this is that plot. <laughs> and it's quite... Quite a movie is all we're going to say. We're, we're going to have an upcoming in the bunker about this TV movie made in the '90s that is available on YouTube. And if you want to watch it, just search Archie to Riverdale and back again on YouTube. Super fun, super fun. Anyway, where Meanwhile, are we in the episode? In our Riverdale, <laughs> uh, Betty is feeling really conflicted by her pictures of Jughead and her pictures of Archie. Uh, also, fuck, Jughead walks in the room wearing a very good sweater. Uh, and that <laughs> son of a bitch finished the report. Uh, I, I apologize to Betty deeply for her conflicted feelings about her brother boyfriend. Ugh, gross, yes. Yeah, forget that they're step-siblings, essentially. Archie feels conflicted by his pictures of Betty and his pictures of Veronica. She brings in Pop's cupcakes for her official apology, apology uh-huh. which is, honestly, I was like, oh yeah, she does do this. That was in episode two. She apologizes with cupcakes. Yeah, I don't think she's done that in a long ass time, but Tessa Lee Williams, she remembers. She's the best. Uh, I love giving people cupcakes, so this would definitely be my thing. The, wait, I should be bringing you cupcakes more often? I mean, sure, but yeah, <laughs> but I just like cupcakes. I'm a big cupcake person, and I like giving them to people on their birthdays, and I like um, I like treats. So, yeah. Ah, birthdays. Birthdays. We'll see if I have one. Mine is next week. Your birthday's not next week. Yeah, it is. It's Wednesday. No, it's not. No, it's not. Really? Yeah, it is, dude. I turned 27 Wait. on Wednesday. Holy shit. Wait, really? Why do I think your birthday's in August? This whole <laughs> I don't time know. I was like... I've been born in April for as long as I can remember. John, that's so weird. I'm so sorry that I haven't celebrated your birthday yet. I'm checking your Facebook to see if you're bullshitting me. This whole time I thought <laughs> your birthday was in August... No, fuck, your birthday's next week. Yeah. John, aw. Man, this is so weird because I've been thinking your birthday's been in August, and I've been thinking about how that's nice for you. Is that weird? <laughs> like, I know Because maybe I'll be thing, able to celebrate it? Yeah, no, I'm not even joking. Like, all of our birthdays when this ends. Yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, John, well, what kind of cupcakes do you want? <laughs> I mean, I was going to do this anyway the second I saw it with your birthday on Facebook, but um, uh, yeah. Well, if you want a different dessert, you just let me know. Okay, cool. Okay. We'll talk. Uh, like anyway, we're doing now. Veronica apologizes to Archie. She also announces she's hosting the variety show at Le Bon Nut like there was ever any doubt. I was like, why isn't this just happening there now? Why are we all like being weird about this does it have to be in the school very dumb she says the title of the episode again which hey it's cool when jughead do it but now it's a little gauche 
Yeah, it happened several more times in this episode, too. She leaves, and Archie punches his bag and locks eyes with Betty through the window. I just want to say again, I do really love the framing and production device of the next-door neighbor's window thing. Yeah, right. it's The cool. idea that you can just build that practically spooky. in a sound stage and do these do these shots, I think they're cool. And I don't think you see that a lot in television. I don't think they use it very much either. Like, I wanted them to do, like, the like build a plank between the both the houses at one point. Seems but, really dangerous. Yeah, it and would unnecessary. be. Of course. But you wanted it. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, they practice social distancing while reprising <laughs> Wicked Little Town. Uh, they they dance together in a fantasy, wearing the dress and the suit from the pilot, which is so that tight. is cool. Like they they earn they earn this man. They do the work. It's fantastic. And yet, I only remember like three conversations that Betty and Archie have ever had. Um, so, so that was like the one thing I was like, do they talk? Like the first season, they talked. Yeah, but then like. Betty and Jughead got together, and I felt like they kind of... Dude, was wait, no longer hold on. This is no triangle. different than how Jughead and Veronica don't talk. Right, they, they don't talk. This is no different than talk. how the show forgets these characters hang out together for episodes at a time. It's like, unless they're actually actively hanging think, out together, I feel like they're I not. I think it's very much a thing where the moment Betty started dating Jughead, they just gave her less screen time with Archie. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess makes sense, but it's guess, what it is, but like, right? Lifelong friends, next-door neighbors, come on. Yeah. Anyway, Cheryl, yeah. who apparently is hosting the the variety show now, introduces the Archies. Archie is on guitar, Jughead's on drums, Betty has a tambourine, Veronica has nothing, of course. Kevin's in the band. He's got a keyboard, and they sing Midnight Radio, which is probably my favorite performance of the whole episode. Betty looks at Archie a little bit too much. Kind of looks like Jughead notices. Mm. Though, yeah. blissful ignorance between the girls as they sing together. No hint that either of them has any ill will feelings towards the other. I wonder I how this is going to blow up with Betty and Veronica. I uh, think that's, like, the thing that's, like, the cruelest. Um, the cruelest part of it. Because I just think that, like, they've done a lot of work establishing that they are really ride or die, these girls. Uh-huh. And even if they say it more than they show it, I just like, I, I think it's really messed up to do this to like your friend and her serious boyfriend. Even if like you did have a crush on him first. Think about even this if, too. While Veronica's dad is dying. Right. Yikes. You might Yikes. not like her dad, but she's got some weird mixed up feelings about the guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like she's Does going she know- through it and Archie's going to be like, Bye. Ooh. Here's like the let me blow up the two relationships this, in your life that are important. This could be great though for the show. This could really push Veronica into like a downright villainous position. Which I would like a like, lot. Like if if Hiram dies and Veronica becomes the new Hiram, it's instantly a better show. I also kind of would like it if um if this is gonna sound fucked up and I feel like people are gonna just riot for me even saying it. This happened, like, on Gossip Girl, and I'm re-watching Gossip Girl. What if Jughead and Veronica get together because they were kind of, like, sticking it to Archie and Betty, but then they realized, like, oh, wait, what if we got together? They get together, and then suddenly it's, like, just everything is kind of shuffled. Like, that could be kind of interesting. 
Like, would it work long-term? No, but, like, how fun would that be? Yeah. I would like it. I'm in. Uh, they toss around some names of different characters because you know if you're doing music in a small setting you just name people in the setting, they're going to lose their minds, and they do. Reggie loves it when they say Reggie. Uh, weirdly, they all forget to introduce Kevin, so Kevin has to introduce himself. Fine. Uh, they move the performance to the roof, where I do want to point out, technically, Archie's guitar is connected to nothing right now, but whatever. I felt like I kind of <laughs> needed this scene of, like, everyone yeah. in one place celebrating being alive. Like, this hit me really hard. It hit this me really exact, hard, too. I think, I don't know if this episode would have hit me quite as hard if it weren't for this exact moment in time. Yes, I like, know. And, like, the distinct knowledge that the world was different last time we saw an episode of Riverdale. Well, certain things, I, I don't really remember the exact songs, but they there's, like, some references to disease. There's some weirdly timely references. And then this felt very, like, oh, my God, like, uh, like, painful because it felt, like, real. I don't know. Like, it hurt. It hurt, but, like, in a good way. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah, this hit me hard, too, this morning. Uh, Mr. Honey shows up in the crowd. I like to think he called his ex after this. <laughs> I was wrong. Hedwig is a celebration. And while he's up there, Jughead notes everyone with a camera in the crowd. First, there's, like, one guy with, like, a big VHS camera, and then everyone else is using digital cameras, and I'm like, dude, it's clearly the first guy. <laughs> Maybe talk to that guy before you talk to anybody else. And then at some point in time in the bunker, I want to presume after this performance, because if it were before, he'd be like, guys, we shouldn't be making music. I have to tell you something. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. That's what I was. They, but it was confusing there's like the way a it was framed. In the woods, wearing a realistic Jughead mask of the cartoon Jughead, it's who terrifying. looks scared as fuck, getting brained with a rock by someone else in a Betty mask who shows it off to the camera. Whoever this lawyer is, they're putting the work in. Where do they make these masks? Why would they make a deeply cartoony Jughead and Betty mask? There's no real reason for that in this show. Who is this Oh, it's so creepy. What do they know? It's it's easily the most unsettling image I've seen on this show by far. Deeply unsettling. By far. And also like, really, really covers my problem of like, what is the season supposed to be about now? It's like, no, it's still yeah. kind of about the same thing. We're not done right. with that yet. I don't know what this means. What are they trying to say with all of this? But it is deeply unsettling. I, that's the thing that I was a little confused about. I was like, okay, is, is it, are they trying to say that Betty, that they know Betty hit Jughead with the rock, which everyone knows he that didn't. Shit. Right, like, that's not true, and no one would get in trouble for it now, so what is it? You know, like, what is the, what is the, should we get into superlatives and then we'll talk about this? Because this is definitely do it. Best dressed, Kevin Keller. Of course, Uh, best song performance, best performer. I'm going to give it to... Hmm, Cheryl, I thought she was... I mean, Kevin, yes, actually, but... Yeah, what are you talking about? It's Kevin. It's all Kevin. Of course it's Kevin. Uh, Best... Best... Costuming for a scene, the Archie and Betty... Like, best throwback costuming, Archie and Betty. Yeah, what a cool choice. They didn't have to do it, but the fact that they did... 
Uh, best use of archived footage, those flashbacks. Wow, yeah. they look like babies. That is so fucking weird. It is weird. I know, I didn't really think that they changed that much. No. I mean, I Lily really Reinhardt kind of looks the same. I don't yeah. know. Like, Archie yeah, looks... Archie's, Archie's hair being different helps, but, like, mm-hmm. he looks... He's much, definitely yeah. the most different. He's, he's but... yeah, his face looks different now. So should we talk, uh, should we talk the rumor mill now? Because I want to get into this. Listen, if you didn't like, want to do damn. superlatives first, just don't do superlatives first, you know? Yeah, no, no, no. I just want to, I really want to talk about this we now. We could just now started like, with the rumor great. mill. No, now we want to, now we got to do more superlatives. Give me another one. Okay, fine. One more. Um, hmm. Uh, best use of cupcakes? <laughs> for Hanukkah. <laughs> All right, sure. <laughs> uh, best dad? Fred in the flashbacks. Lush. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, no. Most no, misunderstood, no, no. Mr. Honey. Oh, Mr. Honey and his boyfriend, best What if Mr. Honey is just asexual or is thinking of all the asexual kids in the school who might be made extremely uncomfortable by all of this? Yeah, what if he's just trying to not uh, sexualize his high school students? Is that so wrong? Like, what if... In yeah, I feel like that's actually kind of. I think I answered my. I feel like that's question. kind of appropriate. Yeah, I think we should not, you know, not not make everybody as horny as the show makes everyone else, mm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay, so these Betty masks, this <laughs> whole thing, what the fuck, man? This fucked me up. I was like, what? Like, it's so un- it's so unsettling. It creeps me out. I don't know. Okay, here's my question. Because I actually, I thought this one way when I watched it, and then now I'm thinking that maybe I interpreted it wrong. The first time I watched it, I got the impression that somebody in a Betty mask killed somebody else. That was my first thought. Yeah, Um, I think that's exactly what happened, is the person in the Betty mask did murder someone while dressing them up as Jughead. And then my other thought is, what if this person these two people are in it together and no one is actually dead. Maybe. In which case, like what, well, there's no reason to think that the person that she hit over the head is really dead. Cause there's no reason to think that she actually really hit that person. We don't see him, uh, you know, actually dead. We just see her hit him over and over again off camera. Right. If so I that's, were, listen, if I were Jughead and I'd just see that, I'd be trying to figure out where in the woods they were or, like, try to find out if there is a new dead body or something. Right. So here's my crazy theory, which I don't think is real, but let's just play it out. What if the Jughead that we see now is not really Jughead, but is Soupead? <laughs> and that this character that they killed is the real Jughead? <laughs> what if... What Maybe. if that character is Jughead, and we're finally adapting the Time Police into this show. (laughs) Uh, In the comics, Jughead travels through time as one of the Time Police. Okay, sure. Keep going. No, that's it. So, like, through some chronal mishap, a future Jughead uh, is captured by some kind of time-traveling villain, and they decide to mock... And murder him. They mock present-day Jughead by murdering future Jughead on camera and then sending the tape to himself. Like Looper. Okay, I haven't seen Looper, but that sounds confusing. <laughs> so, 
So that's good. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I have no other theories. <laughs> My, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw out like a left field. This definitely won't be true. But can you imagine theory, uh-huh. which is uh, what if it's Mary's new girlfriend? Oh my god! Why would you do that to me? After they just got together. Can you imagine? She's like, imagine. yeah. After I visit the town, I really decided I needed to fuck with you all deeply. <laughs> if I find, listen, if I find out at the end of the season, whenever this season ends, that this was chick, I'm gonna, mm. I don't, I'm gonna break something. That is. That is actually a thing I have thought I, of, that it is Chick and it, Charles. No way. No, I don't. Mm. Come on. After the Gargoyle King yeah. was Chick? Fuck off. No. Don't do it. Don't do it, show. I'm telling you, don't. I'm not saying I would be happy about it. I'm just yes, saying that does seem that, that does seem like a possibility. You'd be excited right? about it. What if? I what would, if? I would be happy that you were so upset. The Jughead mask is FP and the Betty mask is Hermione. Damn, Boris and Natasha much? Yeah. Like, like that was the whole thing. The they've, been, they've been doing a long con for literally 40 years. It's been... <laughs> just to fuck with FP's future child. Just to... Yeah, sure. the, the day the, the day they, they both had kids, they're like, it begins now. And they've been, so they've been planning something. I don't know what it is yet. This has all been part of a play. It's a great, greater plan. It's just weird to, like, have a dead body, but, like, there's no dead body that we know of. So, like, who are you? <laughs> like, what do you, like, what? Like, who is this person, then, that's dead? Right. That's the mystery, Caitlin. Yeah. Don't you want to solve it? If it's not Kevin, I mean, <laughs> do I want to solve it, or it do I want to be let down again? Kevin could be that's either true. of them. This episode confirmed it could be, Kevin could be either one of them. So maybe Kevin's both of them. What Think if they're both that. Kevin? Kevin has what been working on a video mount? project. Uh, but he keeps losing his tapes, right? And mm-hmm. yeah. like nice people keep finding them. Like, I don't know who this belongs to. Let's just put it on that house over there. And it's just gotten around. <laughs> Imagine. And I was like, well, this looks like the house. So <laughs> let's, right. uh, that seems like the right place to do it. Let's Let's figure it out. Can you imagine if it just turns huh. out it's, like, some old person with dementia? Oh, And then it's, like, a like, I record situation. houses so I can remember which ones they are. Your old person voice is so funny because it's always the same kind of voice. Yeah, yeah, it's always, it's always <laughs> Nana Blossom. Right, it's always the same. It's good. Uh, so, uh, John, is that it? Uh, are you... <laughs> excited about anything right now are you watching anything i'm really excited about the new netflix show hollywood it's really good i really enjoyed a lot and i think that uh it's the the dose of optimism that we need in today's society okay yeah what's about what about you well i don't want to spoil it too much but i will say it's a tale of old hollywood where uh things are a bit different and and I think you gotta give me, you're giving me nothing. (laughs) Well, okay. So it's sort of, I'll tell you what they've already said about it is that it's a, it's kind of what would happen if the old Hollywood that existed was a little bit more inclusive and, you know, represented more people. 
and people took more risks and things oh. worked out a little bit differently. And so it's, it's an really interesting. Of a better old Hollywood. Where is this? Yeah, it, this is on Netflix, and it'll uh, it'll be out in on May first. So not oh. too far. Okay, I see now. what's going on here. Yeah, this is another one it's of your. Really I've seen a show no one else has seen. Recommendations. I know. I'm sorry, I but I really this like. Me. I'm sorry, but you're gonna see it eventually if oh you want to. I like it. You guys will That's like cool. it. That's cool. That's great for you that you can. No one else can. You will in two weeks. Just be it patient. It won't be the same. We've already talked about how streaming shows. It's not the same. Fine. You're wrong. What I like about fine. real TV is sharing the moments between. Yeah, you'll see. It actually, it kind of feels more like a mini. Uh, it could be, it could have been a movie. But, but it's a TV show, but like. It's like oh, kind of it's that. like all one thing. I no, hate it, when a show feels like it should be a movie. It doesn't feel like it should be a movie. It just it's like seven episodes, and it feels like it's just really enjoyable. Okay, it's really good. I love it. John, what are you watching? You're not. This is gonna blow your mind. Not good wife. Interesting. That did not seem like a thing you would do, but okay. Well, I really liked Evil, right? And it's from the same mm-hmm. creators, and so yes, I kind of wanted I knew the that. same grown-up narrative energy that that one had. So that's, uh-huh. that's kind of, like... I, my family has been recommending... Beth, specifically, has been recommending The Good Wife for years. So I'm kind of checking it out. And it's just good, solid character work. And, like, the way they write is also, mm-hmm. like... It's kind of lateral thinking. Where, like, the there's a... The legal case is that this guy saw her client... Uh, murder someone in a bedroom from the yard. So, like, okay. Juliana Margulies goes to the yard late one night to, like, check if you can't even see that view. And the sprinklers turn on, and she gets wet from them. But that makes her realize. So she goes back to court, and she's like, were you wet? And he's like, no. It's like, well, that's crazy, because the ordinances say that, you know, the sprinklers have to go on every night. And if you weren't wet, that means you weren't on the lawn. You did not see my client kill a man. And then what happens? That's the end of the trial. Like, like oh. they, like they, they, they make a deal in with the judge. It's, it's like very much like it's not like TV lawyers where like, oh, it's one trial a week. It's like mm-hmm. realistically, either a trial lasts forever or it gets cut at the knees before the thing even starts. Wait, so but did the person kill the person? No, he did not. Okay, he was in. That's good. Yeah, she defends Just the good deserved. guy also. Also, at the same time, she's dealing with a lot of, like, deep personal drama of, like, her husband cheated on her and was caught and then resigned from being, like, the county prosecutor or whatever, the district prosecutor. And then she's, like, she stays with him? She stays with him. He's in jail, but, like, they're still married. And then that's why she's a good wife. That's why she's a good wife. That's right. I get this. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. All makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that I mystery like- for years has plagued humanity. <laughs> I think that that, like, is one of those shows that I was, um, like, too young to watch. Or not too young, but, like, didn't interest me when it first started because I was too young. And so maybe I would enjoy it now, like you are. Maybe. Yeah. Huh. John, you're turning 27? Yeah. Oh, my God, you're such a baby. Well, apparently that's the, that's a real make it or break it year. Not a lot of people make it out of 27. Yeah, but hey, look at you. Well, doing it. We, I mean, I started. Not afraid at all. 
So that's good. No, it's only like at a moment in time where people are dying anyway. So right, right. But you're good. You're doing good. I believe in you. Thanks, Caitlin. You're welcome. Happy birthday. Hey, hey, hey. Where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at Riley Tweets. That's R-E-I-L-O-Y Tweets. You find our Instagram at the Riverdale Register Podcast. John, what about you? You can find me on Twitter again at John Patton. I'm back. Uh, back. You can also find me on my blog, Catch from the Rye. Rye is spelled W-R-Y. Quality pun. Thank you. Thank you. You never yeah, say you're that welcome. enough. I know. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't ever. I don't ever do that. So, yeah. It's exciting. Is this is this until the yeah. next time, and then the next time, and then I don't know what happens after that. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll see you in two weeks, no, and uh, well, I won't, but <laughs> over Zoom, and I, uh, yeah, we have two more episodes of the season at least, and we have some more in the bunkers. Uh, so we're not going to leave you even when Riverdale does, but <laughs> stay tuned. Anyway, over and out, River Vixens.